episode 172 of the All the Books Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what happened with me at the <laughs> I letter don't either. A. That was I a just, weird slide in your voice yeah, there. Yeah, I just kind of... Trump, it's the yeah. David A. Howe Public Library. It's like, just it's, say it straight through. It's like I was saying David A. Howe, but then like a long lost figure from my past it's just exactly walked through the door. exactly what it sounded like. Yeah. Oh, David A. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. thought Hugh Jackman walked in. <laughs> uh, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. Sometimes we actually talk to authors. Yeah. And you're in luck, fans, because today is one of those days. Some days we actually talk to the news sans just Huey the, Lewis. Just Huey Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, just the news. Yeah, they're, anything that's just them, they're all they're all for. Yeah. You're fun to talk to, but I think I had a better time talking to today's uh, guest author, and that's Greg Kincaid, author okay. of A Dog Called Christmas and uh, Christmas with Tucker, which is my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. I just finished Noel, but that's we'll talk about that in Bookmark. Yeah. But that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be chatting a little bit with author Greg Kincaid. Cool. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Did you do anything exciting over the weekend? Uh... Yes? yes, you're, you're not at me like I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, we I went saw, to go see yeah. Jay Muse of Jay and Silent Bob fame. Yeah, we did. Just saw Jay by himself, which not many people can claim to have done. I guess. Yeah, that's true. I had a fun time. Okay, not the greatest of shows, but I had a fun time anyway. Yeah, you definitely had. I, you laughed more than I did. Mm, could be. Oh man, could be. I'm more open, you know, to the world. To the world, yeah. And you are. You're worldly, so that could. Yeah. Be. Th- this was definitely one of the rougher shows I had been to. Yeah. Both with the opening acts and then yeah. the main the main show. But anyway, yeah. Good night, though. I had a great apple pie, so I can't really complain. Oh, sure. I uh, did a lot of reading this past week. Okay. So we're going to talk about... I mean, that's something we yeah. did. Yeah. That was fun on the weekend. Did you do something oh. separate? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I buried the lead on this one. Folks, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, get get real close to your, to your radios right now. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, I went to see the Donnie and Marie holiday tour and it was nothing less than spectacular it was <laughs> we had so much fun i basically just like laughed and or smiled for two solid hours of yeah. their very scripted brother sister shtick uh it was just it was just so like glitzy Nick hasn't laughed and in months, goofy so he needed this <laughs> just it just cracked me up <laughs> it was really fun it was mostly christmas songs they did a couple of their hits like donnie sang puppy love and marie sang paper roses but mostly it was christmas holiday music they spent so much time like running through the crowd and hugging people and oh my gosh it was it was such a fun night yeah. I, if you can get tickets to the donnie and marie holiday tour it was just it was a blast it was crazy good times good times were had by all but yeah. here are the things that i read in our bookmark segment donnie so, and marie's autobiography yeah the, what uh, if what if they did an autobiography together huh. and she wrote his history and he wrote her history that would be yeah that round kind of round robin writing yeah i like that that sounds right. good go ahead well i read as i mentioned noel by greg kincaid this is the uh, book four in his uh, McRae family Christmas series. Uh, I, I think you could probably pick up just about anyone and read it as a standalone. I think mm-hmm. it would work fine. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> this a little bit later, so I won't sure. get into it too much. But I read that, enjoyed it. I'm well into my Christmas reading this year. I've got a few others. Uh, Donna Van Leer's Christmas Note is coming up. I got it right there. I read one of those every year. Uh, Christmas Jars is another one I'm going to be reading. Haven't started it yet. I'll let you know. Write you a note. I finished Sorry. Garth of Izar, which is a Star Trek book. <laughs> Uh, so sequel this, sequel to a, a third season episode. Pretty good times. All right. So this is third season episode of Wayne's World? No, no. Okay. Of, of, why did you say that? Party oh, because of Garth. Garth. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, you said my thing was a mess. What? Uh, I also read Calypso by David Sedaris. This is the latest collection from David Sedaris. Uh, these were all 
uh, humor, like nonfiction stories about his life and his family. And I, I loved it. I really, it was very good. Yeah. It was a good collection. It was a lot more, uh, you know, he's just getting older and like, you, you know, here's like his family who I've been reading about for like 20 years now. Yeah. Like they age and people have died and it was just a lot more like, I think I had the realization in this book, just his writing is so, it's just so personal and so conversational. And I listen to a lot of them on audiobooks. I'm, I'm just so used to his voice that mm-hmm. this one I finished and it really, it kind of felt like catching up with like friends, with like people that I like, you know? So uh, it was good. It was really good. I hope he does more. You old softy. I know. He, also, he, put out, he put out his diaries, oh. uh, which is also in an audiobook form. I know we have the hard copy here at the, mm-hmm. at the library. Haven't read those. I have heard mixed things about them because they are like short diary entries. So, mm-hmm. Kind of hard to read. Wet the bed again. <laughs> yeah. But I do recommend Calypso. And uh, and as always with David Sedaris, if you can get your hands on the audiobook, I recommend that because yeah. his readings are just perfect. I so think you mean. We have a lot of CDs and we have a lot uh, on Overdrive or Libby mm-hmm. as well. So check them out. I think check you mean out. if you can get your ears. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take that correction. On I'll take it to either, heart. Yeah. I also read two graphic novels, uh, Son of Batman, Volume 2. You love Damien these days. Son of Batman. Pretty good. Pretty I, good series. I it's saved. kind of a, a, a short. It's only, what, 12 issues or something? Uh, yes. So, you know. Uh, but I liked it. This is the second volume. Both of these are available in the system, so we can always get them for you. Uh, I read Batman and Robin, The Big Burn. Yeah. Wasn't a big fan of this, but there was a classic... Uh, Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, Batman, Robin story that mm-hmm. I absolutely loved. So it was yeah, worth it was, the price of admission for that. It was alone. so funny because your Goodreads review was like, I don't care about the Two-Face story. I yeah. like the Batman, Robin story. I'm like, yeah. I only cared about the Two-Face. I didn't even read the Batman, Robin story. Did you not? No. Oh, it was very good. I, I was like, you, oh, this looks fine. No, I think you would have liked it. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, though that's what Wouldn't I finished. Let die. I'm currently reading uh, The Killing Game by Max Allen Collins. So this is a... Is a, this the Christmas one? No. Oh. I did read a Christmas CSI book once. This is my first just regular old CSI book that I've ever read. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it is very nostalgic for me because when I was in college, we watched, like, all the guys on my floor just would sit down and watch, like, disc after disc of CSI, like, Whoa. the early seasons. All I right. know. I know. <laughs> I don't think I could even do it now, but we had so much fun. And uh, I haven't really watched the show since then. I don't know what possessed me to pick this up. I yeah. think it was just, like, at a thrift store or something. Yeah. But I'm reading it, and I'm enjoying it. So okay. that's, that's my fun one. <laughs> I'm listening to My Lucky Life in and Out of Show Business by Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read... It's funny. Uh, I I listened to when uh, Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls by David Sedaris, and then followed it up with Dick Van Dyke's other autobiography. Mm-hmm. And here I am again. There, yeah. Dick Van Dyke and David Sedaris, yeah. back to back. Two that I would not normally put together, but... Whatever. <laughs> and then I'm reading uh, Sadie by Courtney Summers. This is a YA book. One that I saw in the store and was like, oh, we got to get this book for the collection, which Eric did. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. It was up for a Goodreads Choice Awards as well. I oh, don't, yeah. I'm not sure if it won yet, but uh, in our next episode, we will be covering all the Goodreads Awards. All so the winners. You'll find out yeah. soon enough. Find out pretties. which books aren't allowed into Goodreads anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think that's it. I think that's it for me. What about Santa you? Santa Claude. Santa Claude. Talk about that yet? Uh, no, I finished Santa Claude, but we oh, were gonna yeah. we were gonna save that for our our little uh, holiday theme book club sure. that we're doing later in the month. Okay, that's it for me. What about you? Neat. What have you been reading? Uh, I finished a graphic novel called Nova, uh, based on the character Nova. Based on so yeah, there's a superhero in the Marvel universe called Nova. Nova, Nova and the Nova Corps are basically the Green Lanterns mm-hmm. of Marvel. Um, this one takes place in like 2007 when it started and i just never picked it up then because i got my unlimited app yeah i i did because he 
he this comic series was pretty popular or i remember it i remember had, when it came out and it yeah, yeah suddenly people cared about nova and also the series after this introduces like the new younger like the kid who's nova right now okay uh and he's like an important character and like a lot of stuff yeah um so i need to so i'm just reading through some nova stuff right now and then i read venom and carnage it, it, it's listed under spider-man so venom many. and carnage so many but it's just venom and carnage okay venom is trying to carnage is about to give birth okay to another symbiote in the what? same way that venom gave birth to carnage okay carnage is going to give birth to a symbiote and venom wants to be there grow up so fast babies having babies am yeah I right? venom wants to save keep the symbiote and like team up with it okay and carnage wants to kill it because he's carnage sure uh but then it it come it the symbiote mixes with a cop okay and so it has like a sense of justice and venom's like oh no what if it teams up with spider-man so then venom and carnage want to fight i the, see whose name is toxin toxin and so there you go wow i can't uh, wait to the watch art, that of the movies the art was interesting but the story was long okay it was four issues and it felt two issues too long <laughs> <laughs> so uh i read batman volume seven the wedding wow. by tom king okay uh yeah, that's been a long going i mean it's been leading up to that for a long yeah, time yeah and? it is anticlimactic yeah. the wedding issue itself is nothing it's a nothing issue nothing happens uh i never th- really thought much was going to like change cement yeah okay. i didn't think it was going to really change the status quo but like this didn't even attempt to do anything okay so yeah this is really disappointing i find tom king's writing style pretentious and now i think he might also be uh, uh what's the other word i don't know he's reaching i don't know like overreaching yeah overreaching he his writing style is pretentious but now maybe uh the stories he's trying to tell are just too big for him. Oh, you know, and the pretentiousness isn't going to get him through it anymore. Right, he right. can't just keep referring to Batman as bat and Catwoman as cat. Cause <laughs> sooner or later we're just gonna be like, yeah, but are you sure this is stupid? I bet he can. So I was disappointed. He, everybody's saying like, it's not about this. It's about the next 50 issues. Oh, like boy. it took 50 issues to get to here. So now this is going to inform the next nothing 50. from ultimate Spider-Man. Or, I mean, from Amazing Spider-Man. Everything leading up to it is like, oh, okay, nothing, none of this writing is actually, like, amazing. Right. But it all seems to have, like, an idea and a purpose. And then you get here and, like, oh, I don't know if the purpose is there anymore either. Okay. So, I thought, like, the concepts were going to carry his bad writing. I see. So, anyway, I'm also reading more of The Witcher. I'm still in the Tower of Witcher. Swallows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much more of a Siri uh story these days less okay. of a uh, like Geralt the Witcher he's not really like he was in the prologue and we've just been following his adopted daughter Siri hmm. through this rest of the book and okay. how she got to where she is at the beginning of the book and I'm just like this is cool is she the Witcher now <laughs> which is would be fine I just need to know right because uh, Geralt is right on the cover hmm. so it's it's strange it just the writer uh just seems to have kind of a weird focus okay just loses it all the time anyway and are you excited about this series at all what the witcher series yeah i mean i'm on the fourth novel yeah having read the first two it doesn't necessarily mean you're excited about a tv adaptation oh the netflix show uh i guess yeah Yeah, the the netflix show is supposed to take place during these books or like before the books so that will be interesting i'm excited to play the games Mm -hmm. and i am excited for the show if it's good but you know it's going to be on netflix so who knows yeah it might be good or it might be season two of stranger things who knows (laughs) 
which yeah. I haven't seen yet. All right, even it though, might be season one of Defenders. Even though we have it in the collection, I picked it up and was like, mm, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I didn't. Um, all right, what else did I read? Oh, no, not what else I, I need to read. I need to start like today. Christmas Cake Murder by Joanne Fluke. Yes. So, yes, sir. Yeah, that's it. Are you excited uh, about that? I guess. It looks quick. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, I've never read one of those, so I'll be interested to hear what you think. You, a, myself, yeah. and Bo. Bo, the nutcracker himself, Bo yeah. Hutchings. We'll talk about, you've read Santa Claude. Yeah. I'm going to read this one, and yep. we don't know yet what Bo's reading. No, no. I sent him some options, but he he's taking it very seriously. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. That's it for yeah. me. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's move into some book news. Okay. Got anything exciting? Our copy of The Milkman finally came in today, uh, the winner of the Man Booker Prize, so... We'll see how that's... I'm interested to read it. We'll see how that goes. Right. I've got some advanced notices for you. Coming out in large print. Uh, this is one of the reasons that I was distracted about 10 minutes ago. That's coming out by V.C. Andrews called mm-hmm. The Silhouette Girl. So uh, V.C. Andrews, of course, Flowers in the Attic and other things like that. Um, the only thing is V.C. Andrews died in 1986, uh-huh. which is probably not going to be a shock to anybody. Oh, author of Flowers in the Attic? Yes. But it's just as interesting because this is no... There's no mention made to uh, who actually wrote it. It's not like V.C. Andrews is mm-hmm. the silhouette girl or anything like that. It just it lists her as the only author. So I was just kind of looking into it a little bit. And uh, an author by the name of Andrew Niedemann has been writing as V.C. Andrews mm-hmm. for basically 30 years. Why? I don't know. Is this part of the Flowers in the Attic expanded universe? I don't know. I mean, the, the family hired hired Andrew Niedemann in the 80s, 86. She died in 86, so you know, a little bit after that to complete uh, the two that she had finished. Garden of Shadows and Fallen Hearts were ones that she had, like, there were manuscripts available, and he kind of punched them up and uh-huh. finished them. Uh, but those came out decades ago, and he's, he just continued to write as V.C. Andrews right, all this time. So it's strange. Yeah. That's all. It's just strange. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it is weird that this is the author that somebody is just writing under. Yeah, yeah. Weird choice. It is. I just didn't know, like, I mean, they they must be doing something right because it's been happening for 30 years. (laughs) I guess I wouldn't think, like, just seeing that B.C. Andrews name would be like, oh, yeah, I got to get it. Yeah. Especially considering that she's been gone for most of our lives. Yeah. Anyway. 30 years? uh, She died in 1986. Yeah, that's crazy. 32 years, yeah. Uh, Anyway, this is The Silhouette Girls by... V.C. Andrews. Yes. From New York Times bestselling author and literary phenomenon. V.C. Andrews. V.C. Andrews. Comes a gripping and suspenseful psychological thriller about a stalker hell-bent on destroying a young woman's life. Oh, no. Uh, I have never read Flowers in the Attic. Have you? No. Creeps me out. Yeah. All right. So that's going to... We're going to have that in large print. (laughs) It's coming in large print. Next, we have Daughters of the Lake by Wendy Webb. It's a good cover. It's a strong cover. It's creepy. Kind of you think she was ever called Webby? Probably. Like I would, from DuckTales? So. All right, here we go. At the end of her marriage, Kate Granger so. has retreated to her parents' home on Lake Superior to pull herself together, only to discover the body of a murdered woman washed into the shallows. Good. Tucked into the folds of the woman's curiously vintage gown is an infant, as cold and at peace as its mother. No one can identify the woman except for Kate. She's seen her before in her dreams. 100 years ago, a love story ended in tragedy. Its mysteries left unsolved. It's time for the lake to give up its secrets. As each mystery unravels, it pulls Kate deeper into the eddy of haunting folktale that has been handed down in whispers over generations. Now it's Kate's turn to listen. As the drowned woman reaches out from the grave, Kate reaches back. They must come together, if only in dreams, to right the sinister wrongs of the past. 
uh, recognizing that this isn't saying much, mm-hmm. that could either be a very good book or uh-huh. a terrible book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's intriguing if done well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that premise could really work. On the other hand, if it's if there's any kind of, like, sloppiness in there, it would be a total slog. So. Sir. Anybody who's read Daughters of the Lake by Wendy Webb, please let us know on Twitter at All the Book Show. Has there ever been a thing where, like, the first book is a murder mystery, mm-hmm. and then the second book is a ghost mystery, but the ghost was one of the murdered victims from the first one? Hmm. So the first book isn't a supernatural thing at all. It's only in the okay. second one. They're like, oh, but now we've got this ghost of right. this person. Uh, nothing comes to mind, yeah. but it's a cool idea. You're welcome. If that yeah. helps. Just... Just okay. turn wheels yeah, like up it. here. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You don't know. You put these things out there in the world. You don't know where they end up. Yeah. What's on the New York Times bestseller list this week, Eric? Oh boy. Let number, me hear it. Number ten. Let me hear it. Um, okay. I'm, number ten. Send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> number ten on the New York Times bestsellers list for a hardcover fiction. Uh, I got my Goodreads open still. That's okay. A, that's a big mistake. Big mistakey. Uh, let's see. Number ten is Elevation by Stephen, Stephen King. King. Reddit was underwhelmed. Yeah. Most. That's how I think most people are. Yeah. Um, oh, boy, I'm opening up all the wrong stuff. Here we go. Number nine, Nine Perfect Strangers. It's a decent amount of Perfect Strangers. Um, by Liam Moriarty. So that's at number nine on the hardcover oh, fiction for adult yes. fiction. Romance writer becomes fascinated by the owner and director of Health Resort. Number eight, Mitch Albom's The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. Uh, yeah, it's five other people he meets in heaven. Wow. David Baldacci, The Long Road to Mercy. Uh, L.T. Pine, an FBI agent who is haunted by the childhood kidnapping of her twin sister, must choose between protecting her career or the United States democracy. Again, that's a pretty big... Yeah. One is the United States democracy, mm-hmm. which is pretty... Yeah. Her allegiance is to the Republic. Neither here nor there. To democracy. That's fine. That's good. All right. Lee Child, <laughs> Jack Reacher. Uh... Past tense. Jack Reacher explores the New England town where his father was born. Janet Ivanovich, Look Alive 25, a Stephanie Plum novel. Can you believe it? She's been with us for 25 books. That's hard to believe. Feels like just yesterday. Uh, When several managers of a deli... Oh, that's right. The managers of the deli in Trenton disappear. A bounty hunter and her detective boyfriend looks for clues. So do you think she has to say detective boyfriend? Because like one time she was like, this is my boyfriend. He's like, uh, I'm a detective too. (laughs) She's like, sorry, this is my detective boyfriend. I think that's probably more nuanced than those books. So I'm not sure. I I only, I got to say, I only read one Ivanovich. So I'm Uh not an expert, but I did, I did hate it. Oh, snap. All right. Well, number four, you also read one of these. Nicholas Sparks, every (laughs) breath. Difficult choices surface when Hope Anderson in True Walls meet in north carolina seaside yep. town true walls t-r-u walls uh the other his brother will lie to you oh. but true walls has to tell true the walls, truth. truth you yeah. can ask one Boy, question you got the bum end of that stick <laughs> the uh number three is the reckoning i kind of said <laughs> you did. But i didn't mean to <laughs> the reckoning by john grisham a decorated world war ii mm, yeah, veteran yeah. okay jeez Sorry, everybody. No, no, Nick's I was saying, tired of the. No, reckoning. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying I want to read this book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to read number two? What's at number two on the New York Times bestsellers list? The way you're asking it makes me think I do not. But Target, yeah. Alex Cross. Oh, yeah, by eventually. James Patterson. Alex Cross returns for the 26 books yeah. in the series bearing his name. If I'm still hanging on at book 26, I'll read it. I don't think I'm reading right. the first 10 I've read. Well, number one is the book you don't want, but he refuses to give you the one you do want. So you better enjoy this one. Fire and Blood by George R.R. R. Martin. 
set what's with this guy set 300 years before the events of game of thrones okay so he just can't end it right is this that it? is the first volume of a two-part history of the Targaryens in westeros great. great is it do you think he just can't end it serious question do you think he just doesn't know how to end the series i don't know he's got two more books to do the next two? book isn't the last really yeah oh my gosh this man yeah no, this is uh, whenever Winds of Winter. That's what it's called, right? I or is that the know. last one? Whenever the next one comes out, that's the, the penultimate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So Robert Jordan is just laughing. Yeah. Up in, He's one of the five people you meet in yeah, heaven, yeah. Robert Jordan. Yeah. He's just laughing up there like, yeah. <laughs> prequels, you fool. Robert Jordan did the same thing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> And wrote a bunch of Conan. But George yeah. R. R. Martin's not just doing this prequel. Yeah. He's got all those like wild cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he writes other... Yeah, he wrote, he's, a, he's a keeping busy, just yeah. not doing what people want yeah. him to do. I, I wonder think. if he did this because a series is ending, Yeah, but they're also going to be doing a prequel series. Uh, and so he's like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, this character did this. Could you be. owe me money. Could be. So, Could be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I don't want to read that. Well, no, I didn't. I don't want to read that. But there are four books did. <laughs> that I did want to read. Uh, and then I read those books. Okay, <laughs> by uh, one of my favorite Christmas authors, Greg Kincaid. So uh, it started with, let's see, what are they? A dog named Christmas. Uh huh. Um, and that that one, that's the one that really that was the phenomenon. You know, that's the one that like caught fire, uh, the movie and everything. And then of course we had the prequel, Christmas with Tucker, and then uh, two more following, including Noel, which I just finished and enjoyed very much. It was nice to go back and visit. So Eric and I were talking about these, talking about different Christmas books and that sort of thing, and uh, reached out to Greg Kincaid, and he was happy enough to sit down and chat with us for a little bit. And here it is. Hi, Greg. It's Nick Gunning calling from the David A. Howe Public Library. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I'm here with Eric Nichols, and we've got a few questions for you, if you have a minute. Absolutely. Great. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Eric's going to go first. Uh, hi, Greg. So the first question we have is uh, the story of the McRae family. It begins in a dog named Christmas, but did you set out to write a holiday novel, or uh, did you just have the story first, and then you found the Christmas season to be the best backdrop? No, I definitely started out to be a holiday novel with the first one, A Dog Named Christmas. But once I had the characters and the setting and all that established, then it just seemed fun to kind of continue in that that uh, sort of little uh, niche of writing Christmas stories. Um, just because it, the first one did well, it made sense. And it's just kind of a fun time, fun season to write about. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I'm a huge Christmas book fan. Every year I've got a whole stack to get through. Uh, I got a, I got a, I've got a bold statement here for you, Greg. I think Christmas with Tucker is my all-time favorite Christmas book. Well, so. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And you know what's <laughs> fun? And is how many Christmas books are there out there that that aren't kind of? And I don't mean to be critical, but they're not romances. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, most of the most whenever we do a Christmas display of books here, you know, it is about ninety percent Christmas romance with a little Christmas mystery thrown in. So I do think uh, I do think your books are unique in that way. Sticking with Christmas with Tucker for a minute, I'm just curious. Uh, since that one is set so much earlier than your other books, which, you know, the 1960s here, uh, I'm sure with your background as an attorney, you're used to a lot of research, but I'm just wondering uh, what, what the preparation was like uh, when you sat down to write that book, given its different uh, time. Well, it, it really wasn't all that difficult for me because I'm a little bit y younger than these characters, so this would 
probably be a little bit more like my parents' generation or maybe okay. kind of in between my generation and them. So I've heard all the stories. You know, I've heard about what it was like because uh, my parent or my mom's family was, was a Kansas farm family. So I, I'd heard what it was like to try to milk cows in the winter and how difficult that is. And I'd seen some of this equipment as a boy myself. So it didn't. And I had a really easy time with the research because it was pick up the phone and say, "Hey, mom, what was it like when this <laughs> happened and that happened?" So it really the research part of it wasn't really that difficult. Oh, okay. All right. Well, great. All right. So the next question I have: um, both Christmas with Tucker and a dog named Christmas, they were adapted into movies. And how does it feel to see your characters come to life on screen? And what was the process like for you? Yeah, it was. It was. I remember the the very first day I showed up at the at the yes the um, place where they were shooting the dog named Christmas movie, and I was listening to the actors say the lines that I'd written, and I, and I remember thinking to myself, boy, I got to be careful about what I write. People may <laughs> actually say this. <laughs> so, uh, but it it's fun, and, it, and it, it it I think when I was growing up, you know, I don't have, I'm not gonna have any facts to make base this up it's just my sense is that every sort of um, fictional experience was probably two-thirds books and maybe one-third movie let's say well now it's probably at least the other way I mean most people experience a story these days probably in a movie or on a TV and the percentage of stories we experience through written words is probably less and so um, it's a way, um, even though my books were successful, you mean, if you think about a written book, you may be, if it's really successful, maybe you reach 100,000 people. I mean, that would be good, right? Right. Well, these, these movies were like 8, 10, 12, 20 million people. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot more, you know, it's, as a storyteller, it's pretty neat to think that many people heard your story. Sure. Sticking with the books here for a minute, um, in, in A Christmas Home, we kind of fast forward a little bit and we see Todd as an adult. And one thing I really like about how you handle the Todd's character, I, I appreciate the way you portray this character with some disabilities as just a strong, capable individual who, you know, is giving back and he's, he's just living a full, healthy life. And, you know, that, that shouldn't be such an uncommon thing to s see in books, but I, I think it is. And I, I just wonder if, if that element of it was of particular importance for you to get out there. It was. Um, you know, there's people in my life that have disabilities, and, and we, we always kind of, in my family, marvel that, that it's, it's like that old expression uh, for every, you know, door somebody shuts, they leave a window open kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people that have disabilities, they, they may be restricted in one area of their life, but what we find is they're absolutely marvelous in other areas of their life. And, and that was really, I think, the underlying impetus for that character. Todd was—he's the hero of the story. Right. His ability side. Yeah, well, I think that's great, and I, I think just overall, you know, as we were talking about Christmas romances and all that, I mean, with Christmas books, you, you expect a little bit of sort of schmaltz in there, and, and you kind of look for that, and I feel like you always tow a pretty good line of, you know, yes, there's it's sentimental, and it, and it feels very festive, but it doesn't, it doesn't get real mushy, it doesn't get, you know, so sugary sweet that it's hard to take, so that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, I'm a fan. In, in, well, thank you, I, I agree, I hope, that was certainly my, my, my hope when writing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it, well, it is. It's kind of a niche, I think, in, in Christmas fiction to find that. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, in, in the latest entry, Noel, I, I think you just kind of expand the cast of characters a little bit. Uh, and it sort of feels like things are, you know, it could be an, an end for, for the McCrae's. And I just wonder, you know, with your four books in the Christmas series, you've got your standalone Tantric Coconuts already out there. I just wonder, um, you know, what, what we have to look forward to. Are you done with the McCrae's? Are you going to be, you know, expanding that world a little more, maybe focusing on other characters? Or uh, what do you have coming down the pike? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because I ask myself the same question most days now. I, I haven't had the desire to write another um, McCray Christmas family story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that is probably, and I'm not sure if it's a chicken and the egg thing, if it's because the, the readership of these stories has gone down. And, and even though I feel like the stories have got more interesting, even maybe even more compelling, the number of people that are reading them is, is falling off. So commercially, the, you know, it's going, uh, although I didn't, the publisher hasn't said this to me, I just have to think they're looking at the sales numbers and going, wow, these aren't, you know, they're not selling as well as they did. So mm. part of that, part of that is in my mind, uh, part of it is, is thinking, well, maybe it's because I'm not as excited about this subject and the readers are picking up in that. Um, you know, I don't really know what's going on, but, I would say right now, unless I just had a really compelling story idea, um, Greg Kincaid, the writer, isn't that interested in doing more. And I'm not <laughs> sure Random House, the publisher, would be you know that interested in doing anymore. Which is kind of sad to me because I you know I really have enjoyed doing it, but that is not an uncommon um, thing to play out in any kind of book that has the same family mm-hmm. year after year. Sir, I mean whether it's the Walton. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, people say, "I think I've had or heard everything I hear from these folks," and it may be there. I don't know for sure, uh, but I, I kind of suspect that I have a very loyal cadre of readers that really love these stories. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't have, um, you know, the hundreds of thousands or, or more okay. that you really need to, to keep these keep these going. So, I'm looking right now at doing a doing something different. I'm looking at maybe a retired judge that goes back to a small town in Kansas that he grew up in and maybe doing some stories that could, could maybe have some crime elements in them. Oh, okay. Something diff- different that's fun and that mm-hmm. maybe uh, that I feel confident to do. Um, I'm also 61 years old and I've done five novels and I've, well, I've had a full-time job and I'm kind of tired. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine that would take some time. Well, well, even if even if even if you're right, and, and there's not going to be any more McRae novels, I, I think a four book series is is a pretty good run, really. And yep. I, I thought Noel, like I said, I think that's a strong end if it is the end, because you know you find the characters, and I feel like they've all kind of they've all kind of matured and found a new. Uh, you know, a new path in their lives that feels that feels final. Yet, yet, you know, there could be more. Should you ever get the urge, and if you do, I'll read it. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And that was kind of what I felt like too. I felt like you know, Noel was a nice ending. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a possibility of doing more, but there's not an urgent call for it. Sure. Okay. Well, hey, thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate having you on the podcast. I know our our listeners are going to enjoy it, and we just appreciate your thank time you. and. I enjoy your books, and I'll keep an eye out for the next one, should it come. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good Christmas. You too.
Goodbye. Bye bye. Uh, Well, I really, I really enjoyed chatting with him about that. These really are some of my favorite Christmas books. Uh, You know, I just kind of stumbled into them like accidentally. Uh, You know, it was about 2010, I think, according to Goodreads here when I read them, Uh, the first couple anyway. And I just was like, let's see, I want a Christmas book. Mm -hmm. I'd like a dog to be involved. (laughs) So I just like started searching, and I came actually read (laughs) Christmas with Tucker first. Mm Um, and then it said on top, like a prequel to a dog named Christmas. And so I kind of went in that direction. Then of course I read Christmas home when that came out in, uh, Noel just recently. So it's, uh, they're all, they're all like just a strong, fun, uh, nice, easy Christmas read. So if you're looking for that, if you're looking for that kind of thing, we've got them here in the collection. Of course we can get multiple copies. There are, uh, movies in the system, dog named Christmas and Christmas with Tucker DVDs of both of those and all four books with the yeah. McRae family. Bruce so. Greenwood. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood's in the movie. Of Star Trek fame. That's and right. Batman, yeah. depending. And Batman. Yeah, James Brolin is in Christmas with Tucker. So pretty strong cast yeah. in both of them. Even the supporting cast are all pretty well yeah. known. Uh, and they've been, they were pretty popular for Hallmark. Yeah. I mean, they got pretty decent reviews. So anyway, thanks again to our guest, Greg Kincaid. And I think that's going to do it for us, except for library news. We've got a big week because the Nutcracker is almost upon us. Yeah. So the, this Friday, as we record, which is going to be December 7th, the Nutcracker opens at 7 o'clock down in the auditorium with shows uh, on Saturday and Sunday, the 8th and the 9th, both mm. at 2 o'clock. Uh, so we're excited about that. We've uh-huh. got the End of Recumenical Choir coming back on December 14th for their Advent concert. And we have uh, Creek Bend rescheduled. They were supposed oh, to yeah. be here back in November. And it was a terrible snowstorm. So we had to postpone, which we've never had to do with them before. Yeah. But the fun part about it is now they're coming so close to Christmas that they're going to do a Christmas show, which in all the, you know, maybe 10 years they've been yeah. coming here, we've never done a Christmas show. So yeah. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I think yeah. that'll be a fun change. Yeah. What about you? What do you have coming up? Uh, Creek Bend Band is coming to my birthday party. I, really? No, they're not. Your birthday's uh, nowhere near. I know. It's not in August, so it wouldn't make sense for the Christmas performance. Okay. So Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Again, we are doing a thousand books before kindergarten. Great program. Um, so you can come in and, uh, you know, we have some totes and uh, you can see... Uh, we can help you find those thousand yeah. books, but then also get your name up on our Hungry Caterpillar. If you're not familiar with the program, it's it's basically just a way to encourage and help facilitate parents uh, reading to their children, the goal being a thousand books before they hit yeah. kindergarten. And that's to help with literacy skills and just other, giving them the basics and the fundamentals of vocabulary and that sort of thing. I'm going to read a million books before kindergarten. Really? Yeah. Really? Because you're, you're in your late 30s now, so you kind of missed, uh, missed the window. late that. 30s? Did I? Hmm, you know I what? Know. I don't know. We'll have to check the tape. I, I don't remember. Jeez. Remember saying that. Uh, also, I'm looking at my little calendar here. It's Do not it. a little. It's a, re- it's a normal calendar. Regular size calendar, <laughs> sure. Um, so December 7th, we have one. That will be the last day for our uh, Hate You Give Dear Martin giveaway okay. that we have out on our front desk. So you can We just... also have a Christmas book giveaway, folks. Yeah. So stop in. Um, but uh, December 7th, is when Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the <laughs> Nintendo Switch comes out. So Teen Night December twelfth will be all all about all Smash uh, Brothers. Smash Bro- so we're just okay. yeah, that's it's still gonna be Teen Night, but I'm definitely advertising that as Super Smash Brothers Night at the yeah, library. Definitely. So um yeah, that will that'll be fun. That's at five Teen Night is five thirty uh every Wednesday night, uh for students ages fourteen to eighteen. Pretty exciting. Uh that we do well, a little leeway around like the twelve to thirteen year olds, okay. depending uh Probably on numbers. Yeah. Parents. 
Well, we've got anyway. a, an exciting slew of episodes coming up with a special guest star in each one. We're going to be doing the Goodreads Choice Awards with mm-hmm. uh, our children's librarian, Kate Miller. Kate joins us every year. Yeah, I need to tell her that today. <laughs> <laughs> we've got that. We've got uh-huh. the Nutcracker. Bo Hutchings is going to yeah. join us for a little Christmas-themed yeah. book club we're going to do. Yeah. And we've got a special interview with Donna Van Leer, who writes the Christmas Hope series, which started with Christmas Shoes, yeah. uh, based on the new song, Song. So all of that <laughs> coming up in the coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks to Greg Kincaid. Thanks to all of you for joining us. We'll see you next time.